Hey everybody, welcome to the Game Off Podcast. This week on episode 24, we got big news about Blizzard and Nintendo's no good, very bad weeks. We also got our usual fireside chat and then a showcase featuring Disco Elysium and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I don't know why I was going to say two. <laughs> I don't know why I keep doing that. You've got a your... hot exclusive for that next one. It's already out. <laughs> You're already playing it. Stick, stick around for beta news. Um, I'm your co-host, Brent Langevin, a.k.a. Arcadia, along with... Uh, Andrew, a.k.a. Solitalker. I'll also be talking about the series finale of The Good Place, season three of Sabrina, uh, the latest episodes of Riverdale. we got a lot of stuff coming up for you. Oh, all the spooky shows. All the spooky shows. <laughs> it's a lot of death you watch, Andy. What's wrong with you? Do you need help? <laughs> it's just because I'm so lively. You know, you watch what you're not. <laughs> the, the dead yes okay <laughs> uh so, so news uh the blizzard blizzard oh what do you, what yeah. you got for us so did you play warcraft 3 i played warcraft 3 i uh, liked everyone warcraft played 3. warcraft 3 i liked warcraft 3 it was a pretty Not as much great... as dota but yeah. well i mean but yeah and you've heard of dota dota that thing that started off as a uh as a mod, a little custom game for Warcraft 3 and spun off sure. into its own yeah. own world and genre. Yeah, what, what brings up Warcraft 3? Well, nothing but good things. Oh, good! Uh, so, you know, back in uh, 2018, BlizzCon, they teased that they were going to do this remaster, re not, not remake, but, you know, that, that kind of modern... We're going to take it, we're going to upscale it, we're going to redo some of the cinematics, we're going to make it work on modern stuff remastering mm-hmm. that they do with Warcraft 3 Reforged. And um, it came out recently and it wasn't the things that they promised in any kind of sort of way. <laughs> there were a lot of there were a lot of previewed graphical updates, especially in cinematics uh-huh. that are not there. And what? they, huh? yeah, they're just, and they've said, well, you know, we, we, even though we showed those off previously, we're trying to keep more to the spirit of when we had shittier technology and couldn't make go- games look good. <laughs> what? That, that was the part that you guys really liked was how crappy the cinematics looked. Um, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> they, they showed off a lot of graphical and kind of UI, um, quality of life improvements that didn't make it through. Uh, the multiplayer apparently has a lot of issues. And the part that I find most galling about all of it is the change in their terms of service so that any custom games that you make are owned by them. Oh, interesting. Oh, that would have sorted out the, the Dota problem that they had. <laughs> yeah, and it's... I but find also the whole thing... Gross. Yeah, it's super gross. And the idea that they're just going to come out and say, look, we know that our last game existed for as long as it did because of the massive amount of community support and community generated content that was out there for it yeah just thousands of hours of custom games and maps and custom stories and campaigns an amazing amount of content that was made by other people for free that made people interested in our game um but obviously that's objectionably horrible and because we didn't make any money off of that so now we want to make sure that if by some chance someone hits on an idea, we just we can jump in there and grab it and take it. Oh my god. 
you know, even though you know, from my recollection of the story, and maybe you have a better recollection of it than I do, um, it was Valve who offered them a job first, and you know, jumped in there and said, "Hey, we think these guys have something, and we can offer them a job and bring that Dota MOBA experience to our side." And yep. then Activision, oh wait, 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 wait! I didn't know there was money to be made here. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't no, know they, they, they were be making money. They straight up sued them because they were using the name and they couldn't prove that they owned the name even though it was created in their client. So that they, they just lost or dropped that lawsuit. So that's why Dota 2 is a thing even though Dota 1 exists exclusively inside of another game. Well, thankfully, th- thank God that will never happen again. <laughs> we won't ever maybe accidentally create an entirely new genre of video game. Activision that's, saw that yeah. and they said no. That's not the kind of unrestrained creativity that we want in our custom game-based game. That that really is, like, so fucking sad. Because, like, not only did, like, Dota spawn from that, but then, like, Auto Chess spawned from Dota. Like, there's... It, it, as soon as you start stifling creativity, then and there's just no other place for it. And it just, like, things never happen. Like... It's, it's not, not like a game like Dota would have just naturally happened over the course of the years. Like, no, a creative person came up with that because of what was available in Warcraft 3. And they, in, with time, more time of just tweaking and getting community feedback and tweaking, like, more yeah. than they would have given an internal team. Yeah. And I, I can kind of understand, even though it's still shitty, when someone puts out custom, I think, I think it was... Um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey that had this recently, where people were mm-hmm. creating custom, um, custom bounties that were yeah. just giving people shit tons of EXP, mm-hmm. and then Ubisoft got pissed off because they wanted to sell you that extra EXP boost. <laughs> exactly. So I can at least understand, like, okay, you're it's still shitty, but you're putting out something for free that we're trying to sell them. Yeah, yeah. No, but, it, it's like a con- competing service versus like a competing game and platform. But it's not like HOTS existed then, and then Valve bought Dota 2 from under them or something, and started putting right. it like, this didn't exist until someone yeah. made it for free. It's just, it's well, so gross. Yeah, a game like Dota 2, like, that never would have reached, like, a fever pitch of excitement if it wasn't constantly maintained over like nine plus years um like why would you ever want to do that in a game that you already know you don't own like you don't <laughs> like nobody's paying you for support on that game you're just doing it because you're a saint and then at the end of the day activision can come down and be like this is ours now goodbye <laughs> you've earned literally nothing for your years of service thanks for building up for us so that you know to the point where all we need to do is maintain the servers and we can make money yeah. Ooh, that's gross. That's the grossest one. And why is it that it seems like the companies that so desperately rely on community-generated content are the ones that are so quick to try and cheaply monetize it? Yeah. Like, like them, Bethesda. Bethesda, that just... Well, we, we understand that this is kind of 80% of the reason our games are so popular, but we'd like it if you could just give us more money for no reason. Yeah. It's, it's a bad look. I... I also heard that um, you ha- if you still owned the old game and were playing it, you now have to launch it through Reforged. And that was my uh, understanding as well, yes. And apparently that broke all of the uh, old custom games. Mm-hmm. And original Dota is no longer playable whatsoever. 
Oh no, Muffin. Did yeah. we accidentally break the original Dota? Oh, we're yeah. so sorry. Whoopsies, you know, but we didn't own it, so we can't take responsibility. Come play, for our come play Hots, though. It's just as good. Just as good with the strong 40 concurrent players. <laughs> all that, all that uh, extra attention that we've been reluctantly giving it. Those little <laughs> updates here and there. <laughs> You'll be queued in no time. Yeah, we promise. went back in. We added some loot boxes to it. Just, you know, let you know that we still care. Oh, barf, barfarina. Well, Nintendo's got some good news, too. Cause Do they're, they? They're on a winning streak right now. Oh, tell first, me. First, they introduced a character that only about ten of us wanted um, <laughs> to Super Smash Brothers, including myself, but I, I understand the criticism. Byleth, the main character of uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, um, mm -hmm. both male and female, were entered into Super Smash Brothers as the next character in their their Smash Pass. Um, well, it's not like they had the... any other characters that hadn't been added yet. Any yeah, other fan yeah, right. favorites that hadn't made it into the game yeah. at all. No, no one was no one was mad about this except for literally everyone because the game has apparently a tremendous amount of sword heroes already as it is, which. So this is one of the, the parts of it that's irksome because everyone was super excited that Dante was going to be in the game, even though that was just a rumor. And then they got mad when Byleth was the character because it was a Fire Emblem hero. And then later everyone was like, well, also because there's so many sword heroes. I was like, what do you think Dante uses? What are you talking about? But neither here nor there. There is entirely too many Fire Emblem heroes. I think there's something like 13. Um, I forgot to check the actual number but i was counting them off in my head when i was daydreaming earlier and i was like there are, <laughs> truly are a lot of fire emblem heroes um the fan response has been very 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 bad um there's been death threats against the the uh the developers which is of never course. okay yeah never okay but always expected on the internet um yeah, and it, it led to a statement today um from sakurai who's the director of the game he I'm going to paraphrase here when he says, I agree, but he says, there are too many Fire Emblem characters, and there are too many sword characters. I, too, understand. <laughs> However, these things are already decided, so we move forward. The things I should be thinking about are elsewhere. So, what the... <laughs> so, he literally was like, guys, it's not my fault. Some fucking guy at Nintendo was like, we're not, we're not negotiating a deal for a third-party hero. Like, just, just put Byleth. <laughs> it's fine. And the poor director of the game who's taken all the flack is like, okay. <laughs> While also acknowledging that it's a problematic hero to have in the game. Now, it's... You know, I, I don't play a lot of of, uh, of Smash Brothers or anything like that, so I don't have a lot of knowledge of where or what that distribution of types of characters are. But it seems like the kind of thing that you'd constantly want to be adding in something that's new, something that's different yeah. from what you already have. Something that breaks up the meta. Yes, that's the phrase I was trying to think of at the time. Something that, that breaks up the meta and, and improves the game, or at least changes it in a noticeable way. Yes. Now, is yeah. this a paid character or is this a free character? Um, it's paid in the sense that you have to pay for all the ex for the expansion pass that comes with all the characters. So yes, there's you have to pay dollars for it. But it's the same if like is the expansion pass something that you're just paying like yearly for? Is it a one-time thing? Um, they're 
they are doing yearly now. Um, originally, it was just, and then we're going to add six more heroes, and you can buy the pass. But then at, after the announcement for this character, they were like, and then there's going to be another year of new heroes, so there's six more coming with a separate paid expansion pass. So they're taking almost like the season approach that like um, uh, Rainbow Six Siege does. Yeah, sort of, except I think even Siege, a lot of it's free, isn't it? Yeah, I think that, I think what they do is it like it's in the game and you can grind for it, or you can just pay buy for the season and have it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. There's there's none of that in this. I don't know if, if it even the character even gets downloaded to your uh, save file or not your save file to to your game files if you don't pay for it. So probably just not in the game at all as a dummy, as a test or anything. That's shitty. That's really shitty. Yeah, yeah. I've also heard that uh, they he she is a very easy character to play and is more for beginners. And seems to, the idea seems to have been as an introduction to Smash Brothers for people who really like Three Houses. Three Houses being one of the most successful games of the year for them, if not the most successful game. So, literally, just trying to create a bridge of money to Smash Brothers. Is there? Because I, I haven't played Three Houses. Is there a lot of crossover in, if you like Three Houses, you'd probably like Smash Brothers? No, not at all. That's, Why? That was kind what? of the impression no. that I had. No. <laughs> not even a little bit. I don't I don't know what they're, I'm sure in, in their heads they're like, people like Three Houses. We can put Three Houses into Super Smash, a game that we're treating as a service and want more people to play all the time. Um, and is also doing very well. Um so it doesn't seem like that went over too hot. So maybe maybe next time they'll uh, they'll, they'll pick a better hero. They also this week uh, scored another home run with a subscription service to their mobile game for Fire Emblem Fire Emblem Heroes for nine dollars and forty nine cents a month. That's right, everyone. More expensive than Disney Plus. You can get <laughs> special quests expanded support that allows summoners to support three heroes at one time, which may mean something to you if you play the game. It doesn't. Um, allows you to return your previous heroes... Uh, what? No. Return to your previous heroes if they haven't... I don't understand what that means. And then auto start, which allows you to automatically restart matches if you fail. And... The, the real kicker, because all that's garbage, really. The real kicker is that you get skins to existing heroes that give them plus two stats. Oh, there's good. There's a literal boost. There's a pay-to-win mechanic to this. As in, if these are two very good heroes and could very easily be playing in the meta. So if you were playing at a high level in this game and you didn't have this $9.49 a month subscription to this mobile game on your mobile cell phone, then you will lose to other people who have the same exact heroes, but they pay $9.49 for every fucking month. Does that make you feel good, Andy? You ever have one of those friends in college or afterwards or you know, in that part of your life? This is going somewhere, I promise. Um, uh. Who consistently makes the wrong choices... We'll end up just, like, going to chat up a girl and throwing up on her shoes. Like, just making horrible decisions left and right, but is just charming and attractive enough 
that they keep falling into success. Yes, I think I do know a couple people like that. That is kind of how I feel about Nintendo. Anytime they veer off of this, the narrow path of make a game and then sell the game. Yeah. Like, whenever <laughs> they move into online or mobile or subscription, it, you just look like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you... I, and, like, it, like uh, on a similar thing with the Pokemon Home Bank nonsense. Like, you yeah. have a, a machine that prints money, and you can't seem to just let it print money for you. <laughs> yeah. Stop putting duty in the money printing machine. Just put paper <laughs> in there. Paper. You don't, you don't need to make the money look cooler. It's still money. It still works. <laughs> just it take... Works. Just let it make the money, and then take the money and spend it, and we'll all be fine. Yeah. This, oh, God, why are they... Why are they like this? Just, <laughs> I, I don't use this phrase lightly, but Nintendo has proven that somebody needs to tell them to stay in their lane. Like... <laughs> Nintendo needs Nintendo is one of those Hollywood directors that needs to have someone from the studio there saying no we're not paying for that yeah. no you can't <laughs> do that that doesn't make sense who, who okayed this they're fired their their parents are fired from whatever job they're running <laughs> you need you need to have that person there just be like alright just stop the first things you mentioned fine everything after that is dumb just do yeah. the first three things and move on. And it, I, I, any any of their mobile things, their the Mario, yeah. in, uh, Infinite Runner one, this the was it Mitomo World or whatever it was called. Yeah, the, I don't even know. The one of the first ones they did where you just made stupid little games and played like pachinko with your own me characters. Oh yeah, yeah, it was like yeah. Me Town or whatever. Yeah, all of it. It's, it's like someone described how modern mobile gaming worked to them through a tin can string telephone. Did you and, forget about Magikarp Jump? Oh god, Magikarp Jump! Oh my god, I forgot all about that. Who okayed that game? <laughs> who who oh in beta god. testing thought that that was a fun game to play? Everything with Pokemon Go and how poor every aspect of it went at launch <laughs> and for a while after launch are you okay Nintendo is someone bullying you into making these decisions like what's going on <laughs> there's just a man behind Nintendo's back with a gun whispering into their ear just say it we're just we're gonna put this thing out to make a little bit make it a subscription but why that doesn't make just make it a subscription it's fine Everyone, everyone's okay with it. You're Nintendo. Look at you. Look at there's that smile. <laughs> there you. There it is. Oh, uh, charge yeah. him for charge him for online. But we don't have any features for it. Give him balloon fight. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna know that it's a ruse. No, they won't. No, they won't. Just when smile. Smile and wave. Oh, it makes me so uh, sad. Yeah. Well. Well. Uh, they're not. They don't seem to be learning from anything because the Mario Kart thing I don't think got changed at all. Where they literally gated off the the highest difficulty of the game, the fastest difficulty behind the subscription paywall. Yeah, well, you know, it's that's their their pay to start model. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, th I think that's the news for the week. Yeah. We've, all right, fireside chat. Hey, yeah. Yeah. What's up? What can the Oscars learn from the Game Awards? Oh man. 
If I can get a photo op of Sean Penn and the Schick Hydrobot together, <laughs> just... <laughs> that's what they could learn. Egregious product placement. You know what, though? If the Oscars just went full Jeff Keeley and was like, all right, here's a bunch of awards you don't care about. Best sound design, best adapted screenplay, best screenplay, all this stuff, good, <laughs> done. They all get up to talk, and they're like, you don't get to talk! Sit down! Is Jeff Keeley on the stage? No, he's off to the side. You don't get to <laughs> talk when he's off to the side. Why are we all facing forward, then? He's in a balcony. Stupid. Uh, I, I want to see Oscar categories that are suggested by Subway. <laughs> That's what I want to see. You know, but honestly... The, the indie fresh sandwich of the year. <laughs> I want to know who is Subway's big, meaty, talented director of the year. <laughs> big, meaty. It's just Guillermo del Toro every year. He is the big bravest and meatiest. Brave, meaty, talented director of the year. I want that. I want that. But if if the Oscars lost their stuffed shirt a little bit, because something something like the Schick Hydrobot or the Subway categories or all of the weird musical performances, like it keeps the whole thing semi grounded. Yeah. To to the point where it almost just feels like you're at a very expensive local theater troupe performance. Like, nothing, there's, there's no pomp and circumstance and pretension around it. It doesn't matter how nice and big the lights are on stage. It's still like, yeah, but like you just showed me three trailers for the same game. So, like... <laughs> Why did I have to watch three trailers about a video card? I don't know. <laughs> what is this? I'm ten years Wait. old, and I just wanted to know if my favorite video games won the awards or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's one of the reasons that uh, the Golden Globes has probably like got a bit more successful over the years, while the Oscars have like grown stagnant or waned. Mm. Um, so it's like it's, it seems like a more casual affair where everyone's having dinner, and also like they bring in hosts that like fucking Ricky Gervais who just shred apart like the entire pretense of Hollywood and is like, "This is all stupid. You're all stupid. Look at you, stupid fucking bitches." And then everyone's like, "All right." I like I can get behind this. Whereas like it's just one Oscars is just one big fucking circle jerk. Like look how great we are. This is great. Let's let's nominate a movie called Argo, which is talking about how great Hollywood is. And oh, one oh, man, do they love the movies about Hollywood and about the movie industry? Don't they? Don't they? they? Although La La Land did get fucked over. Well, I mean, it was like the whitest movie ever made. <laughs> that is true. Like, just nothing, nothing to its quality, nothing to the quality of the actors and the performances and the singing, the dancing. But, like, if you had to describe the whitest Oscarist movie that was ever made. I, you know, I can't think of one better. <laughs> or more white. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, it's not bad. It's nothing against it. It's just yeah. in, in a year where they were questioning the diversity of the Oscars and the Oscar nominees. <laughs> <laughs> they had to tear the card out of the guy's hands. Like, give it to Moonlight. It's got to go to Moonlight. We're fucked. <laughs> we just realized right now this is really bad optics. <laughs> uh. I would actually really like to see them bring in like that side of, and I don't because you don't really have esports for movies, but having them 
having them do Why like not? a this year's best long form movie related content award yeah. goes to. And you've got all of these YouTubers that are doing these 15, 20 minute anatomy of a shot type videos. Yeah, like bring bring people into like what films are really about. Like I, I think even like just digging more into screenplays, like they they actually like show the screenplays on screen and sort of show how they're laid out and stuff now, like get sort of a behind the scenes experience and sort of understand why you know, these, these scripts were nominated because average person's not going to have a fucking screenplay of one of their favorite movies. Like, I have one for Casablanca, but I happened upon that in a thrift store. Right. So it's like stuff like that. Like, it just, it, it seems so just on a different level. Yeah, something to, to make it feel a little more real. Yeah. So a little more, cl- like, I think the fact that, like, the Game Awards has people that you recognize from YouTube and streaming... Yeah. So, for lack of a better, you know, you're creating this parasocial relationship with people that you walk on, watch on Twitch, and you mm-hmm. see video, YouTube videos for, and then suddenly they're at the Game Awards or they're talking to Jeff Keighley at the Game Awards, and you're like, oh my god, that's almost like my friends up there. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I've you know th- that guy's read out comments that I've made in his stream, and now he's up there. Whereas like I have no connection to, I don't know. Juno Temple. Brad, Brad Pitt. Juno Temple. <laughs> Is that the best you can do? It's the most famous person I could think of. <laughs> oh my god. Diablo Cody. She's still around. Stop. Stop it. Stop. Stop it. Stop yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're just, I mean. Oh god. I, I just that, that kind of bringing it to somewhere between. Yeah. You know. The because every other every new award ceremony that pops up just somehow seems even more cloistered and hoity-toity. I was I was thinking too, sort of like uh, the the Subway eat, eat, eat Fresh sandwich of the year, where <laughs> you were literally highlighting in indie indie studios. Like, why not make more of the ceremony about you know promoting like brand new directors, like first time film directors, stuff like that, like. Short films seem to be the only way that you can do that because not that many people work in the short film space. So if you're a particularly good director or filmmaker, you can create a short film that could potentially get Oscar nominated. But if you're like going straight to making feature length films and it's not of like high high production value, then you you know the Oscars don't give a flying fuck. Yeah, I would like to see that. Well, I think that there's oh god, who was it that I was listening to? There was someone I was listening to on a podcast, which is like how 80% of my conversations start is that sentence. <laughs> there was someone I was listening to on a podcast who was talking about how he would change the Oscars to be more like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So that, like, you get to a point where, as an actor, you are just now inducted into the Oscars. You've done enough good work, or you've done, you've done enough good work as a director or a screenplay writer, or you did mm-hmm. one thing, which is incredible, and we're inducting that into the Hall of Fame. And then that's basically it, unless you do something, again, amazing. Yeah. And then every year, just keep looking at people and say, all right, look, you're not going to get in on your first time directing, for the most part, or your first time acting. Like, just, right. you know, we need to see more versatility than that. So, because, I mean, I would, I'd be very interested to know with stuff like the Oscars, if you look back on it, how many of those people went on to never do another Oscar-worthy performance again that won awards? Or Oscar-worthy... Yeah, surprising amount. 
yeah, how many was that? Just they had the one story. Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> yep. Um, who was one that did Juno? She was in Beyond Two Souls. No, the 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 the, the writer director there. What what the hell's her oh, name? Oh, I don't know. Diablo Cody wrote Diablo that. Cody. That's who I'm thinking of. Yes, Diablo oh, the Cody. The one you already referenced. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> did she did she direct that? Uh, no, just she just wrote the screenplay, but she won an award for that. Oh. And like, what was, was she doing? What was she been? She Meryl Streep was in one of her movies not long ago, like Jennifer's years ago. Jennifer's Body. Remember that one? That was also by her question. Yeah, mark? she wrote that. What the fuck? All right, well we're all over the place now. <laughs> <laughs> Oscars, get your shit together. United States of Terra. Remember that show? Is that also by her? I'm all telling right, I'm you, man. I'm learning too much. You're learning. You get to pull that back from Diablo Cody. <laughs> Diablo Cody's Wikipedia night on Game Off podcast. How dare you? Guess that I don't <laughs> assume that I don't know all of Diablo Cody's work off the top of my head. She's working on the new Sweet Valley High movie, so put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> okay. What teenage girl book series have you written a movie for? Uh, one too many. We're not getting into that tonight. <laughs> if you say USA High, I know you're lying. USA <laughs> no Volcano High. Oh, I wish. Um, all right, shall we? Shall we do our oh, did, showcase? Did, oh, oh no, you, you you provided some thought on on the Oscars thing. I want to make sure that I didn't just completely monopolize that conversation. Yeah. No, I said my piece. Okay. okay. The Oscars. I mean, I yeah, I'm I'm gonna watch the Oscars. I watch it every year. I don't watch many award shows, so I'm curious to see if they make any marked improvements, especially since they've this is their second year without a host, and last year was fine. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was fine, but it's been fine for a few years, so they really need to, like, break out of that mold. Maybe they should watch the Game Awards. Yeah. All right. Showcase. Disco Elysium and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order 2. Let's talk about Disco Elysium. Okay, and I'm going to start off right now by saying that I'm going to try my best to keep... Because it's, it's a very difficult game to talk about without getting somewhat into spoiler territory. So I'm going to try to keep everything to, like, the first half hour to hour of, of the story. Mm. Keep it, because it, it's just, it's, as I'm sure you have with, like, Life is Strange, it's difficult to talk about things that you can do in the game without revealing a bit of story. Okay. So I'm going to keep it as as vague as I can so you can discover it on your own, but still keep it to the, you know, first hour or so. And Have you played it at all? Not at all. Oh, okay, cool. For nothing so, with good things, though. Yeah, oh, it's very entertaining. It is a adventure RPG, I guess you'd call it. Yeah, that's one of my questions, is do we have a name for this genre yet? Because, like, I think a lot of people just say, like, Baldur's Gate-like. Yeah, it reminded me of, like, what do they call those? The like, uh, CRPGs? Like, the, the Baldur's Gate and even, like, the old Fallouts? Mm-hmm. Uh, what... Whatever it is, it, it feels like if you played an old Fallout game with a completely pacifist role, and also there was no combat system. Oh, there's no combat in the there's game? There's no combat. I don't think I realized that at all. You can get into situations where you can be physically aggressive, but it's all through dialogue. That's awesome. Interesting. Yeah. All right, I'm on board. Yeah, that's, I, I actually I went, I went to check to make sure that I... <laughs> before, because I haven't run across <laughs> any yet, but... You know, that didn't mean that there wasn't any yeah. somewhere down the line. 
you know, <laughs> there, there's a final boss. It's the first time you do combat. Yeah, I don't know if they were going to take like the Deus Ex Human Rev- Revolution ways of like, oh, by the way, you have to fight this. I know you didn't put anything into fighting, but this is combat only. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, you are so it's it's a isometric RPG adventure game where mm-hmm. you are a cop that wakes up with basically amnesia in a hostile hotel room that's been trashed by your own night of drunken debauchery that you have no memory of. And as you play through the game, you interact with people around you and with various parts of your own psyche and persona that Hmm. act as almost like your party members. So you'll have things like your ancient lizard brain that at the very beginning of the game is encouraging you not to wake up and just stay in the blackness in the soothing blackness of the void that your unconsciousness is in. Uh-huh. Or you have, like, your limbic system or your, your parts of your brain that are that will give you a random quest to go find and smoke cigarettes. And that's just, you know, a conversation that you'll have with it. Or you'll have various skill checks from, like, your perception or your quick reactions and have conversations with them and ask them questions and respond to them to get you know, as you're trying to piece together what, who you are, what you're supposed to be investigating, where you are, the history of the area that you're in, mm-hmm. it just everything around you. One of the big things about that, that, one of the things that makes the game so interesting is the way that you can kind of come across different ideas, like the idea of trying to return home or the idea of communism or workers rights or feminism or or racism or what do they call it um race-based determinism how does how does that play out in game it's almost like an equipable thing like you can select something like communism and that now is just a thing that that is on you and the more that you use it and the more that it comes up in conversations you run skill checks that involve it the more ingrained into your own persona it becomes. Wild. So you can very early on just become convinced that you're a superstar cop, like from a movie, (laughs) and that anything that's going wrong is... It shouldn't be happening because you're a superstar and therefore you can do anything. And eventually that just becomes an internalized belief, and so you now forever believe that you are a superstar action hero cop. (laughs) Fuck yes. Yeah. It's... There, are, all of those things play out to create these fantastically weird storylines. D- did you ever watch uh, Mitchell and Webb look? Oh yeah. So you know the the Sir Digby Chicken Caesar sketches. <laughs> yeah, that's basically how I've been playing my character, as just <laughs> this reckless very short attention span man that desperately wants nothing more than to drink or smoke <laughs> and steers all conversations in the direction of whether or not you can drink or smoke you, you'll get <laughs> there's a moment very early on where you're in a bar and you see just dried spiced rum on a bar stool or on a bar top and you're, okay. argu- you're arguing you can have an argument with your own whatever part of the brain it is, I can't remember what they call it, as to whether or not you should just lick the dried spiced rum off of the bar top. <laughs> what the actual fuck? 
it's it's fantastic and you, you know if you if you go through with it you can gain experience points for giving into that natural impulse or instinct in your body or gain experience points for fighting it off and going in a different direction <laughs> oh. oh my god you just sold me on this game so hard it, it's what? it's so good what's what's the mood of the game like i'm having trouble sort of picturing like the world that this is taking place in it's it's very weird <laughs> um <laughs> Because, like, you're kind of the insane person in a broken dystopian world. Mm-hmm. Like, almost imagine the like the tone of the outer worlds if you got rid of the satire, and it was just oh like this world is broken, and people are go are taking various paths, both good and bad, to try and survive in this broken world. And, hmm. But the fact that you're not supposed to know anything and part of the game is trying to fight with your own impulses and, and insecurities and everything to, to piece things together kind of makes all of the ne- the narrative and exposition that can feel clunky in, in, in another adventure game where you're wondering, like, why is, why is someone explaining to me, a veteran cop, how badges work? Or, you know, all, all of those very, like, obvious the character would know this but you the player don't so we have to write a very heavy-handed way of explaining this to you yeah right all of that you know because you have amnesia and you're also insane if you want to be it makes sense that you're just asking all of these questions <laughs> like being able to just walk up to a car and point and ask your partner what is this <laughs> and he very patiently and and you know through a bit of frustration, explains to you what a motor coach is and where he got it and why he has it and what he does with it. So, is is the main driving point of the story trying to figure out what the fuck happened in that the beginning of the game, or does it become something bigger? There is a murder that you're trying to solve. Okay. So, ostensibly, you and your partner are trying to solve a murder. A body was found in a tree, and you're trying yeah. to figure out you know the who, what, where, when, why of it. But there are so many other weird side quests, and and because objectives can be something as simple as go smoke a cigarette, and you have to go find enough bottles to trade in for coins to buy a pack of cigarettes, like, there are a lot of weird side quests that you can spend a lot of time on. Actually, a lot like a Bethesda game in that way, of just, hmm. you, can, you can go a while and then realize, like, oh, you know what, actually, I, think I haven't touched the main storyline in an hour and a half. <laughs> so are there there are a lot of side quests in the game? Yeah, there's a lot. Well, side quests of very you know varying length. Some of them are just go figure out where this thing is, and it's literally just you you find it on the map, or you find it in the area, mm. and you pick it up, or you look at it, and you now have answered the question of what happened to this guy, where did this thing go? But others so are more involved. Of you need to buy this thing, and to buy that thing takes money. How? Do, what are the ways that you can get money? And there's a couple of okay. different ways you could get money and which one is most in keeping with the character you're playing. That is cool. Are you basically in the same world the entire time or do you go to different places? Is it all in one big like metropolis or something? What's uh, the setting, I it, guess? It's it, it's a very large area, but it's you're not like jumping from planet to planet or, or city to city. It's all kind of one 
area broken up by smaller maps. You know, you enter a building and then there's a smaller map for inside the building. And you, you, know, okay. you walk around, you go to this place, and to get to the next area, the next part of the town, you go through this gate, and then you're at the next part of town. But it's all taking place, at least as far as I've gotten, within this one metropolis, uh, you know, proper. So, <laughs> since it's story-based, is there any challenge to it? Or is it just, you know, based on your decisions, things keep moving forward no matter what, just sometimes in a stupid way? There's some challenge in trying to... So you know, you've got a lot of skill checks, you know, a lot like you know, uh, Fallout or Baldur's Gate, where you're in a conversation and certain things you can try once, but you've got like a ten percent chance of succeeding. And if you want to try it again, you actually need to pass a skill check. You know, you're just okay. far too, you're far low level to be able to try that line of questioning again. So mm. you could try and go elsewhere to find something that will boost that stat you know change your clothes take drugs or alcohol that might affect your stats in a way that that becomes possible or find another way around it hmm so there is that little bit of a challenge but it, it is very much like an adventure game that you're just kind of going forward trying to talk to everyone explore everything interact with everything and then as you oh okay now I've got this thing which means I can go back to that guy give it to him he'll open this door for me style of gameplay Okay. Is is the name Disco Elysium just rubbish nonsense, or is there a story thing to it, and can you share it? I don't know yet. Okay. If it has been explained yet, I didn't get it or pick up on it. <laughs> well, it's, it, it's like two words that just sound cool together. It, so yeah, it is. Like could easily be just rubbish. Uh, I, I don't know what it means yet, if that helps. I don't have any more questions. Would you recommend this to multiple people? Yeah, I would. I would recommend this greatly. There was a moment early on where I'm trying to get a punk kid to just talk to me about something, and he's being mm -hmm. a little dick, and the option to punch him square in the mouth came up. And <laughs> at that point, I was like, you know what? This is a great game. He's just <laughs> punch that kid square in the mouth, this drunk, disgusting cop. Like this, they've done something wonderful here. <laughs> they've done something I'm, really beautiful. And not that I advocate for violence against children or violence from the police, far from it. But you are very much not... In, in a video game, though. Yeah, well, and you're very much not playing an empathetic character. He is kind of yeah. a piece of shit. Ride that train straight to hell, baby. Yeah, just, just own it. There are so many great moments, and I, I'm trying to spoil as few as possible... But there are just so many great moments where you're the wait, I, I can do that? You're giving me that <laughs> up? I can I can say that? That's insane. And then you it because it's so absurd, you're kind of drawn to it. It'd be like if you were playing LA Noir and one of the options when there's, you know, a crime in the street is just to shoot the shoot the person in the back. You know, yeah. some woman gets mugged and you say shoot the guy in the back, pick up her purse, hand it to her, and then tell her to have a nice day. Like you'd pick, complete. you'd pick that at least once just because you no it, it's not going to play out that way yeah. no nope, there it is you just shot so that guy in the back yeah well it's the 40s it's yeah. going to drive away yep ain't no cameras <laughs> I, I would very much recommend Disco Elysium to anyone who can handle a game where you don't shoot things all the time 
And it's awesome. It really, I can see why it got so many awards for writing. I can see why it got so many awards for just general narrative and gameplay. It, it is something. I haven't had this much fun with a, a straight narrative game, and, and felt this much level of excitement and surprise since I first played the Phoenix Wright games. Of just being delighted constantly. I'm definitely sold. So. Well, good. Say no more. I'm any, glad that I, I was the one that pushed you over the edge. Nobody was doing any pushing, so it's, you <laughs> yeah, but, just took me fright straight from my chair, brought me to a cliffside, then threw me over by the collar. Yeah, a bit of an unknown game here. I don't know if you've heard of it, if you've heard anything about it. It's a bit of a sleeper hit. Yeah. Well, I mean, it did sort of come out of nowhere, but I mean, it definitely was in talks for oh, yeah. Game of the Year on almost every website. So. And I think it, sure a lot of people heard about it. It won quite a few. Did it? Um, well, I think it won New York Game Awards Game of the... No, I think it was only nominated for that one. So maybe, well, maybe uh, it didn't win. It was, I know it was nominated for a ton of... I know it got a bunch for Dice Awards, the Game Dev Awards, the Game Awards. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it on quite a few different uh, journalist sites to Game of the Year lists. Yeah, cool. don't, don't sleep on this one, guys. Apparently Time said it was one of the best games of the 2010s. Wow. Right in under the wire, too. Yeah. Right up there with League of Legends and Skyrim. Sure. <laughs> sure. Oh, All so right. anyways, tell us about uh, Jedi Academy or whatever it's called. <laughs> Stimblor's Jedi Smith's Academy. Can we, call, uh, can we talk about Jedi Academy? I love that game. It's so good. Uh, no, I just I played like 10 minutes of that game. I did not like that game. Really? Oh, so man. You're on your own. Oh, man, it's no. Like, well, the good news is that if I could ever find my notes... Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order delivers on... I have one note, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I had a lightsaber, underlined three times. Star, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order That's uh, delivers on a lot of the promises that it makes while being somehow fairly unpolished. I think the dev cycle for it was pretty short, but all in all, it's just a tremendous game. It's the first single-player Star Wars, like, AAA experience in a long time. Um, I can't even think of the, the last time there was a true single-player experience in the Star Wars franchise in gaming. Basically, Oof, yeah, they, I have no idea. It, the easiest way to describe it... So I guess I'll, I'll set it up first. Um, you're, you're playing as a young Padawan after Order 66 is executed, which is when the Emperor... Uh, Danes that all Jedi must die. Like men, women, children, they all gotta go. Um, so this this one Padawan is one of very few survivors. He's been hiding on a on a scavenging salvaging planet for, you know, a decade or two and just biding his time. And one day he has to use his powers to save his friend and he gets found out and suddenly he's on a run. And he gets found by a group of uh group of outlaws i'll say a couple of outlaws and suddenly you're on this like epic adventure across the solar system with in your own ship and you're going landing on planets and doing different things leaving the planets abandoning running from the empire all all the star wars stuff that you would want in a star wars game it really does feel like it belongs in the star wars canon they did a fantastic job with that um the combat is, or the gameplay is something between Uncharted and Dark Souls in that you have a lot of, like, 
platforming, a lot of climbing, a lot of like environmental problem solving where you're like, you know, running through tombs and fucking moving giant balls around that can crush you, but you need to get them in certain places and stuff like that. The combat is not stamina based like it would be in Dark Souls. Oh, that's you have nice. a limited force power, but you can keep attacking if you want to. It's not advisable because most enemies will fight right through it. So it is a, definitely a skill based combat, especially in harder difficulties, because you can easily die if you're not blocking or something. You can't just hack and slash your way to victory. There's a great variety of enemies, so you have to learn all of their di- different weaknesses, a lot like. I'm not going to keep comparing it to Dark Souls, but <laughs> a lot a lot like Dark Souls where you have to learn every like all the weaknesses of your enemies. You can't just charge in willy-nilly even at like high levels. You still need to be like, "Oh, that's one of those like giant tongue monsters. Like if I rush up to him in the in the front, like he's just going to like eat me alive." Or like the the fucking horned antelope things where if you get behind them they'll kick you instantly so yeah a lot of a lot of enemies you'll dodge around to the back and start slashing away and then this one if you do that you get fucking dunked in the head (laughs) so is it is a lot of the combat varied from like you can't use the same kind of dodge and attack or block and attack parry attack tactic on each one yeah it the parrying works on most enemies but there is there's a clear indicator when there's an unparryable move they'll basically glow red and that's when you're like i have to dodge and there's different degrees of dodging too like you can do just just roll away and hope for the best or if you wait till the absolute last second you can perform a precision dodge where you go into slow motion and then you can perform a kick which will give you like a slight like stun effect and then you can just hack things to death um, so there, there are various ways. I, I, there's parts where you have to jump over stuff too. Like, there's a lot of different uh, ways of like, dealing like, with enemies. Like platforming, or like just jumping over the attacks. Yeah, like jumping over the attacks. Okay. Like you're, you're a fucking Jedi, so you can like, you can like force jump over things and stuff. It's pretty cool. The combat is, I would say for the most part, a very fun and satisfying, but it can prove to be frustrating on certain bosses because. Some things seem more parryable than others, so you think you're parrying something and it you won't for some reason, and have that problem too much. But like some of the boss designs, like a little bit janky, but they're all all the bosses I did were unique. Are they um, so they they are varied in their attacks and and stuff like that? You're not getting a lot of repeats. Yeah. Okay. There's there's not many bosses in the game. I, there's probably like five boss battles total. Um, you, you do get like mini boss fights those are all the same you can fight bounty hunters with flamethrowers or bounty hunters with rocket packs and all of those come with giant robots that all do the same thing they charge and stuff so not much variety there but Wait, it's so cool because you're not you're in the robot or they're in the robot they're in the robot okay I got really excited there for a second <laughs> no, no mechs in this game right. nothing like that there, there is a pretty good variety of force abilities, so you can come at most combat, and uh, all, almost all of the force abilities also are used for puzzle solving, but you can use most of the force abilities to go into combat and deal with it in different ways. I personally like to use the upgraded force, uh, force slow, 
which if you hold it long enough, it'll force, it'll like sort of blow up in an AOE and just force slow everyone around. And then you can just like slide to the, behind all of them and just stab them in the back. Like it, it was very satisfying. Is, is there a but, limited amount of force that you get? Yes, you get it by attacking primarily, so it'll replenish that way. Or okay. when you heal. If you upgrade it, you'll also get it when you heal. But yes, it is it is a finite bar. Um, it doesn't replenish on its own, so you have to work for it. So even if you're out of combat for like a half hour, you'll still have very little force. So up until later, like you run out of force pretty easily, which like makes you feel super uncool. <laughs> Um, because you're like, oh, I did one force push, and now I'm out of my Jedi power. Shit. That, that is always the like, problem with Jedi-based games, isn't it? Like, that you're yeah. the super superhuman that also has to have some kind of gimping to keep them from just being gods of destruction. God, yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I, later on it feels okay because you get you can raise your health and you can raise your force bar, so you get it to a satisfying degree where... If you're just spamming it, you're going to run out. But you're not running out after doing it once or twice. That's good. Um, that, that's at least something. Yeah. Yeah, and they also... They gate a lot of the cool stuff pretty deep into the skill tree. So there's a lot to work for. Like, you don't get um, the lightsaber throw until real late in the game. Oh, lightsaber um, throw is the best. Yeah. There, there's also, like, an entire branch that you can't get unless you unlock the secret upgrade to your lightsaber, which I won't spoil. Um, but, but yeah, it's like, look around. It's it's definitely an exploration game. You'll you'll find you'll find health upgrades and force upgrades. You'll find upgrades to your lightsaber. Like, I found it going back to the first planet, uh, or one of the upgrades going to back to the first planet. I was like, why would I ever have looked here? Like, oh, my God, what is this? There's this massive upgrade, so so it really does reward exploration some of the times, but other times you're just picking up cosmetic stuff, which is pretty lame. Most most of the chests in the game are just cosmetic stuff. Most of it looks the exact same with a slight color variance. Not not worth finding, honestly. It's it, you have the same feeling that you get when like in the first Assassin's Creed game, where you're just picking up flags oh, to yeah. pick up flags. Like, there's a ton of flags. I'm picking them up. I don't know why. Have I lost control of my life? Oh, my God. I'm having an existential crisis. That's sort of how you feel. So, I have a question for you. And I'm going to say, I'm going to bring up something that I'm sure you knew was coming. In the classic game PsyOps, the Mindgate Conspiracy, there was a lot of... (laughs) Damn it! (laughs) There was a lot of combat that revolved around picking up people and throwing them or picking up things and throwing it at people and I know that we talked about this in control a little bit so I'm not going to rehash all of that but how much of your combat can be solved with force abilities alone um oh not that many it it, it honestly depends a lot on the environment like most of your force abilities aren't like explosive sort of take out a bunch of guys sort of things it's like one on one like one of the final abilities is just like a really cool like lightsaber attack and it uses force but it only ever hits one person at a time so force really isn't the way to deal with a huge room of enemies and you do deal with a good amount of like big rooms of enemies like game gives you a lot of opportunities to feel really cool with what you're doing so but if you're on like a ledge with someone and you use like an upgraded force push and it it can literally just 
launch fucking 10 stormtroopers off the map never to be seen again <laughs> can you do a lot of like grabbing people and slamming them into things um so not really the max level upgrade for the the force pull allows you to pull enemies and then you can use the force push to again throw them but there's no mechanic to like sling them around like a you know limp bag of potatoes or anything Mm, that is disappointing. I mean, I, I understand yeah. that they're not remaking Saps, the Mind Gate Conspiracy, so I can't <laughs> fully put it to those. Uh... Okay, that's f no, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I, I would say Control does that mechanic a lot better just because it's like pure chaos. Like you're tearing out the walls and stuff and chucking them at everyone, and you're not really running out of that power very quickly. Um, in this, it takes a really long time for you to unlock the ability to even pick up people with the force pull. Otherwise, you're just using, if you're using it on humans, it's probably just like yanking them to the ground where they stumble to the ground and they just get back up. Okay. So, okay. I, but again, that adds to that, that feeling of like you growing as a Jedi. Like the game doesn't just, like you don't remember all of your Jedi training right off the gate out of the gates because you've been working in a salvage yard for say 10 years so a big part of the game is like re-remembering all of your jedi training and then eventually growing those skills with skill points that you earn from combat and exploration is there a lot of lightsaber v lightsaber combat or any lightsaber without i guess if you if that spoils something then don't answer but uh, there, there is not there's not a lot of lightsaber wielders in the universe during the time period that this takes place um so there's not a lot of lightsaber combat or, there or, isn't none or vibro there's, blades there's or you know whatever they have there, to... there are there are vibro blades okay. there's definitely melee combat for sure though like a lot of the stormtroopers will have vibro blades or not vibro blades they're like the the shock shock sticks that they had in the newer movies yeah vibro blades are totally star wars legacies or whatever, yeah, whatever they yeah. call it, the, the old universe stuff that, that got deprecated. Star Wars uncanon. Yeah. <laughs> All the cool stuff they got rid of. <laughs> Is there any ranged combat on your end? Like, do, do you ever use guns? No, you never use guns. You can reflect bullets, though. So if somebody else is using a gun, you are not completely gimped. If you time your block right... You ricochet it right back at their face, and most units that are shooting at you don't survive that shot. So that makes sense. You basically, yeah, you just you just do a bing, and then they they fall off the cliff that they shot from, and then you sort of cackle your way up the cliff side to see what happened. Is there a lot of backtracking? Yeah, because you know some Metroidvanias are very you know, you have to keep going to all corners of the map over and over again, and others are kind of like you're basically playing linearly. And you can go backwards to get a couple of things, but it's just at the end of this level is the next area. There isn't a lot of mandatory backtracking, but if you're trying 100% it, you definitely have to backtrack to some areas. Okay. And I will say that the, the level design proves pretty nightmarish when you go and do that, <laughs> because a lot of times you have to, like, even though it seems like an open world and some paths, like, connect and reconnect and you open shortcuts... A lot of times when you're trying to get to, like, old areas, you have to go the exact same way that you got down there. Oh. Otherwise, like, there's one specific thing that you can't re-navigate over. Like, I spent 45 minutes on a planet just trying to get down and get one chest that I had missed because 
I thought that I could go back the way that I had just come from and just get back down there. So I went all the way back to the bottom of this planet, realized that the one fucking like leap that I needed to make was just high enough where I couldn't make it from this angle. And then I had to go all the way back up, like a good solid 10 minutes, all the way back to the beginning of the map, like another solid five, 10 minutes, and then go back down and go that way. So it, it, like, it was literally like 45 minutes of my life just trying to get down to this pit. That's not the best that I've heard. Mm. They don't have those yeah. nice, like, when you're playing Dark Souls, you're like, oh, this actually loops back. Oh, that saved me. I don't ever have to go down that way again. Yeah. It, it seems like they tried to do that a lot, and there are, like, shortcut doors quite a bit, but it's not comprehensive at all. Like, there's, there's a lot of missed opportunities and, like, poor design okay. on the backtracking side. It happens. I will say, though, in general, though, when you're moving forward, the level design is excellent. Like, you never think about things like that in your moment, and you're like, wow, like, this is this theory is great. Like, I'm enjoying exactly how they've laid everything out for me. And then you have to go backwards, and it all falls apart. And then, and then eventually, you're like, I forgot something. Son of a bitch. Oh, this is my note. Have we completely given up on fucking maps, or what? Because... <laughs> The fucking map in this game is the worst fucking thing. And I think I've bitched about maps now in, like, the last three games I played, mm -hmm. I have roughly. I think I, I think I bitched about them in Borderlands 3. It's the worst map I have ever used. It's not just buggy. It's not just slow. It's not just unusable. It's not just that it's a stupid color. It's... It's completely fucked. It's like they did this to spite me. <laughs> so it's it's set up it's set up as a hologram. So it's all blue. Oh good. And it's multi-layered oh, and every good. map is multi-layered. So it's all blue and you're trying to figure out what's on the layer beneath. So you have to spin it around three fucking times and also you can't tilt it. So it's, it's just spinning it around and then trying to figure out which layer you need to be on to see this one specific point. But you can't see that one specific point because the top layer is blocking it because everything's fucking blue and a hologram and it's buggy and it it degrades performance too. Also, the the fucking planet travel maps. Oh my god, it almost crashes the game every time you open it. It literally drops to one frame and it's like chugging just looking at these hologram planets on the ship. How? What? happened to the world <laughs> what happened to anything you know i think what happened was somewhere in the xbox 360 days when they realized that they could have a lot of overlapping maps you know you have a, a building that's in the middle of a big open area and then caves that go underneath hillsides and a building with multiple floors and then an awning on top and then a cliff that overlooks a big thing and a bridge that go they realize that like oh we can't just give them a 2d map anymore this has got to be big and comprehensive and 3d and then they never actually tried to do that correctly like because <laughs> no they did not the second any game moves to a 3d map that isn't just a topographical map of a two like a topographical projection of a 2d map it's garbage yeah. absolute garbage or oh, they can go in the like older style almost like hitman where it's like you're looking at floor one now you're looking at floor two now you're looking at floor three like just that cross-section thing but the second they yeah. go in the direction you're describing and, and borderlands 3 have the same problem 
absolute garbage. Horrible. Horrible experience. It's... I just don't understand. How's, I, I how's the UI? Completely. Is it okay? Is it great? Um, the UI's fine. It's, it's actually probably as good as you would want it. Like, it's super flat. There's not much in it, because you don't need to be in the menus for very much, uh, unless you're, like, trying to get a refresher on some abilities you've forgotten, because... One of the things the game does a few times is like just not reuse abilities in puzzles for ages. So then you forget you have the abilities. So one time I literally, one of the few times I was spent any time in the menu was just like looking through my abilities. Like, what am I missing? And I'm like, oh, for slow. <laughs> I haven't used that in ages for puzzles. Oh. Yeah, that, that is a problem with, with games that have too many abilities or too many ways that, like different ways your ability can interact with things. Yeah. It happened to me a lot in Luigi's Mansion of just like, oh, I, I, oh yeah, I completely forgot about that ability. Sorry, guys. That's that's only kind of on you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I don't think I have anything else to add about Fallen Order. Um, Would you say it's a Souls-like? <laughs> no. Okay. No, the, the combat is almost in the vein of that, but it's also, it's basically just like an action RPG, except not an RPG, really. Um, like you do have a skill tree, but you're not leveling up. It's it's more like it's more like just a pure action game, I guess. Okay. I, yeah, I forget those things even existed anymore because everything's like an RPG nowadays. But yeah, it, it's it's a pretty pure action game. Um, you you don't really get much damage upgrades to lightsabers either, so you like really need to learn how to manage enemies because you'll never just be a god running through all like a group of stormtroopers like if you run in unready at like max level with all of the skills you can easily still get mowed down hmm okay so you'd recommend it then i i would recommend it to pretty pretty much anyone that likes like big open world um action games um like I said, there's no RPG elements, so if that's a turnoff for you, if you really like like all the leveling up thing and you really wanted to see become like Super Jesus as a Jedi, this may not be the game for you. It it proves to be really unpolished later in the game. Like I said, some of the some of the boss fights are a bit janky. A lot of the platforming is super janky, especially later on. It's it, some weird bug like graphical bugs will happen pretty frequently in the later stages. You can tell that there's like a lot of polish put on like the first couple of worlds, and then after that, it was like we don't have time. <laughs> EA's not giving us another six months. This game's got to go. <laughs> Fortunately, they had enough time to put together a really uh, smart game. It like stands on its own, and it is also very unique to like the Uncharted games. I know a lot of people were really hoping this was just like Star Wars 1313, like Redux. Nah, it's never um, happening. Unfortunately, that game's never happening. But, you know, this this is pretty fucking good, honestly, and I would rather play as a Jedi than as a stupid bounty hunter any day. <laughs> hey, there's just so, yeah, there's just so many cool guns in the Star Wars universe that you could have used as a bounty hunter. And that yeah, they all was the benefit of the Jedi Academy games, is that you had a full loadout of guns and your lightsaber. But they all have weird, like, Christmas ornaments attached to the back of them. Why do the guns look so stupid? Because it's a Star Wars game. Everything oh, okay. in the Star Wars universe looks stupid. <laughs> hey. 
Hey, actually, one of the one of my favorite things about the game is when you like transport to a planet that like coming out of hyperspace and then the planet just coming into focus. It's still like one of the most satisfying things ever. Like you like even with all the corny stuff like the the weird Star Wars swipes and like all the old like kitschy shit about Star Wars they included in the game. Like you you you. The game constantly reminds you what you do love about Star Wars. So, as a Star Wars fan, definitely, definitely give it a check. So, if, if I liked like Lords of Shadow, I'd probably like this. Lords, of, what are you? No, that's that's more Souls esque. Nah, Lords of Shadow. No, wait, Lords. Oh, I'm thinking of. You're thinking of uh, the that other one. Lords of the Fallen. Lords of the Fallen. Yeah. Fallen, <laughs> Fallen Lords of the. No, I'm, the round circle. I'm talking about everyone's favorite Castlevania game. I I mean. I am one of the every other person that hasn't played that game. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'm one of the me who played and liked that game. <laughs> God damn it! I mean, it it has some like, like Zelda esque qualities to it. Um. So if if you like Zelda games, like you might consider giving this a check. Okay. Like, I was talking to Darksiders with a buddy of mine the other day, and I was like, yeah, you know what? It's like. Star Wars Fallen Order has some similarities to that too, so you know. Cool. That 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 sounds like a good time then. It's it sounds yeah. like it's got all the things that I liked about the Dark Souls series without all the things I didn't like about it. Yeah, yeah. Just just be more patient than I was because there's a couple times I almost quit over the map issue. Oh, then that's definitely not going to be for me then. <laughs> well, oh, oh, I, well, I meant yeah. to ask. Um, Cameron Monaghan as the main guy. Good. Yeah, no, this performance is very good. Okay. And, like, the... I would say that the story arc is a very familiar story in the Star Wars universe, so it's not done, like... There's, there's nothing groundbreaking about the story. I barely mention the story at all. And it's because it's fine. It does what it's supposed to do, and it doesn't get in your face about it. And he, he did a good job. The The side characters both were fantastic. The, the captain is an alien, a short like gambling alien who has says a lot of quirky shit but is also like sort of like weird in his own ways like shy and nervous but like still very outgoing and bust your balls all the time mm -hmm. and you have um the former jedi uh i think her name is Sur suri i forget it seer her name is seer and she she's more of like the stoic type like she's just like we need to get this job done like i'm here to guide you and make sure this this everything gets done because i can't do this job and i need you to help me do this so she sort of guides along your sort of re-becoming of like a jedi okay cool well i i'm definitely into that mm -hmm. and all the, yeah all the acting's good you got you got the little robot buddy who helps you with some of the puzzle solving as well forgot to mention him he, he's probably the star of the show honestly do you ever get to play as him like you ever get to take over as him for just a little while no, yeah. no, I wish, yeah. I always liked when Star Wars yeah. games did that. I mean, there should really be more games about the robots in the Star Wars universe, because there's a lot of robots in the Star Wars universe, and they're all, for the most part, they're treated like humans, so... Didn't you ever play that, uh, like... that educational, like, Star Wars droid lab or something like that? I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Star Wars droid works! So. Star Wars droid works! No, never heard of it. A late 90s, um... Just you get to like build robots with C3PO and learn about like yeah. basic maths and magnets and things. I don't think I had a computer in the 90s. We're, we're old. <laughs> 90s were a long time ago. It's a good game. Everyone should check that out. 
All right, well, check that out, and then maybe check out Jedi Fallen Order, I guess. <laughs> but, but Droid Droid Factory first. Uh, Droid Workshop. Droid Workshop. Let's get that. Make sure Droid we works. get the name of that game right. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts for the episode? No, I, I think I think I've made myself pretty clear. Yeah, I did. Fuck, fuck maps. Fuck, figure it out. Figure figure lives out. If you go on to be game developers, fix all maps. Oh, thank you. And how good was that good place finale? Let us know in the comments. Yeah, sure. I, that's over. Yeah, yeah. Last episode was uh, not too long ago. I think like last. All week. right. Well, that's unfortunate. It's been real, everyone. Uh, check us out on the <laughs> social media game uh, game off podcast. Check check out uh, the good place on Netflix. I think it's on. Yeah, I think so. And uh, hit us up if you have any questions for us. This has been episode twenty four. I'm Arcadia signing off along with uh, Andrew Saul so, so Talker. It's me signing off. Yeah, hurry. Bye. 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 <laughs>